every face The coach runs through the game plan You're in the finals race The first up tackle hurts you And tomorrow you'll be sore But the only thing that's on your mind Is you're close enough to score Alright, welcome to the NRL Fantasy Preseason for the 2023 Premiers, the Panthers. So you've got Andy and B in the hot seat today. How you been, B? You excited for this one? Yeah, it's going to be good, man. It's um, You, you think it's either like Cleary or Bust, but at the end of the day, when you do a bit of deep diving, there's actually a fair bit of interest in, um, in some of these Panthers. It is a bit exciting. You'd think that there'll be so many losses, especially to the team, for a team that's won three in a row. You're thinking surely how they're going to continue next year again, and and you know with the exact same team with the with the price that the, all the players would be, but it's surprising how they lost so many people. No, they've always got that next man up mentality, don't they? Um, That's the best thing goes. about Penrith, isn't it? Nah, Their juniors um, are amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's just a dynasty. It's it's hard to see anyone beating him in the next ten years. Well, Pamela Ken, that's their, their one buggy boost. So let's see if they can come back. <laughs> yeah, they did lose it in, in the uh, important one about two years ago. Yeah. So let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the Penrith fans. <laughs> uh, right, before we start, let's talk about social media. So um, talk, Talking League Pod on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, but you can find all the handles on TalkingLeaguePod.com. So we'll crack into the Panthers' preseason gains and losses. So 2024 gains, we've got Paul and Amadi. Dane Laurie comes back to the Mighty Panthers. Riley Price and Brad Schneider. That's probably one of the best-sounding last names you can say, Schneider. Uh, losses, again, not many. Jack Cogger. The Prince is probably the biggest one, Stephen Crichton. Uh, Zach Hosking. Tom Jenkins. Spencer Linu and Jamin Salmon. Um, what are your thoughts about those losses? Do they still retain that favourite to win the comp or do you think the loss of Stephen Crichton might affect them too much? I don't think it's going to affect them too much, mate, because you've got to think that Taylor May was out last year and then next man up um, is Taruva. So he comes in and then Taylor May, will, I think, will actually slot into that centre spot and I think he's going to do really, really well. Apart from that, you know, the other people they've lost were kind of almost fringe first grades that probably looked better in a Penrith system. And again, they're just going next man up. Next person comes in, does a job, and they keep and they retain all their um, all their strike weapons. Yeah, it's a bit unfair, isn't it? How good their juniors are. So just to sort of come up and even Isaac Tunga, you know, they, they lose their centre. Isaac Tunga comes in and plays. He's probably one of the best centres there is in fantasy for us all. So it's just not fair. It's yeah. almost like Melbourne Storm and their and their hooker depth. Yeah, before they cheat the salary cap. Yeah, let's just make that known. Uh, Two thousand and nine. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, we'll go through the draw. So Storm, Eels, Broncos, Roosters, Eagles, and the Tigers, Cowboys, Bunnies, Doggies, Warriors. So uh, look, there's five teams in the top eight from la- from the first 10 games, so not much difference in staff. I think the only thing that goes against them is the fact that they are the Premiers and most teams usually step up against the Premiers. So every game's going to be hard from them, maybe not from the Tigers. <laughs> Or uh, or the no, just the Tigers, maybe the Cowboys. That they, they'll be like Luster, but they should have a very tough f- first ten games of the season. Um, what do you see them out of ten? Do you see them winning eight, seven, nine? 
Oh, it's it's hard to bet against them. Like at the end of the day, they're, they're good sides in that first four rounds, and Parramatta had the wood on them last year as well. So there there is a world where they you know come out of the blocks a little bit slow and then maybe lose those games. You know, Melbourne's got a very good record. I think it goes back eighteen years since they've lost mm. a round one game. True. So that that's a tough one. Parramatta's got the wood on them. Broncos um, revenge on the grand final potentially, yep. and the Roosters, you know, were. Bit decent in the back end of last year, so it's going to be interesting. But they're so quality. I go, you know, I I see them in that first ten rounds probably being seven and three at the worst. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty fair, and hopefully they're a lot less than that. I feel like a lot of people are sort of sort of like the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, um, everyone wants to see them fail this Super Bowl, but um, I think they're just too good in in their experience, unfortunately. Yeah, a lot of experience in a fairly young team still, isn't there? For the Chiefs? Yeah, I know. It's not fair. <laughs> Even for Panthers and the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, so by rounds, round six, 16 and 19. So very early, very early by rounds. So one early, but yeah, two during the middle around origin time, naturally. You know, they are pretty much half the Panthers' sides around that time. So I think they're well looked after there. But I suppose after round 19, if, you, if some good players come up in the team, you potentially put them in your team and be good for the end of the season. Yeah, I think that the Panthers they've they've always got the guns that they're always you're always going to try and get like your Cleary, maybe your Isaiah Yos. Um, so you got to look at them at targeting them at some point. And I think it's coaches are just going to go through the flow, Cleary round one, and potentially Yo at the back end of Origin. How good is this bloke? Oh, well, speaking of guns, you just mentioned uh, two of them. I think they're probably the, the biggest guns in this team. We've got Nathan, the man himself, Cleary. Or is it Nathan Fowler now? I'm not too sure if he's going to change his last name or not. It's 2024. Who knows? But yeah, fantasy, he's one, the big $1 million. That's absolutely stellar. Uh, 72.8 fantasy points. Clearly, Cleary, the standout captain option at 52% picked opposed to high in 17%. So do we see a fall from Cleary or maybe a rise? Or do you reckon he's just on that point there? I know he is. He suffered a PCL, I think it was during the actual grand final game and maybe taking a bit of time out uh, on the off-season to heal up. But what are your thoughts on Cleary? If anything, I actually think there's value in him. Because uh, if you take out the, if you take out the, it was an it was an injury game I think he had or or a symbiote something like that. His average would be about seventy five, seventy six. So that that's actually gifted us an extra few points down there. Yeah, um, seventeen. The go to, yeah, got seventeen so in that game. He's he's the go to captain. He's fifty two percent owned for a reason because it doesn't matter who who he plays. You can't antipod him because the week you antipod him, he's going to score a hundred. <laughs> Hines won't score a sixty. So. It's a it's a it's a plug and forget. It's um I guess for the older listeners potentially who've been doing this game for a while, it's going to be similar to like your Cameron Smiths and your Corey Parkers. For those those goal kicking forwards was where you accumulated your points at that point mm. of the game. Whereas now that's obviously based on a lot more attacking stats. So much revolves around Cleary, what he does, his role in the team. He's just a must have for me. Yeah, three tons up three times in 2023. It's um, it's very hard to look past it, and and like like I said, you could try antipod Cleary, but when when 52 percent of him are going, then you just I feel like this is the one you just got to go with the grain. I know we were, uh, a lot of people were on the bin the chin last <laughs> last year, and maybe there was some sort of theory behind it, but he's I don't think it's going to happen this year, unfortunately. No. Uh, next off the gun, you were really liking Isaiah Yo. Uh, 870k, 
63.3 fantasy points. Coming off his best fantasy season ever. I know we sort of we don't like to pick players that uh, have done that. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Isaiah? Yeah, it's a, it's a very vanilla pick, isn't it? But at the end of the day, you know what you're going to get. You say he had a career best year. I agree with it, but it's also a career consistency year. So mm. there was, I think, one score for the whole season. If you go in his over 70-minute games, one score below 55. And that was <sighs> around 18 game where they spanked the storm. So if you look at his season, he actually averaged about 77 minutes. And his base stats has actually just got a 55 average on its own. So, I mean, I know Origin, when it comes around Origin, there is the chance for him to be rested and as Panthers will be because they'll probably be top of the ladder. They have the chance to rest their stars for the back Mm. end of the year. Um, The only issue I have is that he's only 10 grand cheaper than Payne Haas. And Payne Haas has been the go-to mid forever. So, um, it's a a good pod option if you want a pod, but... um, and I, I would be interested, but I'm not spending money in the mids because I think there's so much more value in other areas. He's currently owned by 5.8% of people. So it's very fairly low for a, for a high-value mid. But yeah, I think you're right there. I think everyone's just gone the extra 10K to get a Payne Haas yeah. who has the potential to get hundreds. 42, 43% owned at the moment. Jeez, so you're definitely, uh, you're definitely potting it with the over Haas. Um, where are we here? Yeah, I feel like he's more like a fine wine, but yeah, Haas is probably the preference there. Uh, another gun here, you've got Dylan Edwards. So we have to go on a bit off cuff and a bit lower price. Um, I don't know if you can call him a gun gun, but 660K, 48 uh, fancy points. I feel like he's just that Mr. Consistent player who, who has a very low ceiling, but not really high floor. Um, Come off, again, another player coming off his best fantasy performance, a career with 48 fantasy points. So started the first season well. So last year he started first 10 games last year, 55.5. So if he does anything about a good preseason, he does seem like he must put in good preseason. Um, but yeah, big four averaging 41 from his last 10. Um, very much saved for the 80 in round 26. Uh, I can see some value in potentially picking him for his start of year form, but is Dylan Edwards someone on your radar or there's probably too he's probably too uh, he's probably just at his value there. I don't think he's gonna be better than forty eight, is he? Uh, I've got him as a dud actually, mate. I don't think it's <laughs> pretty pretty much. So last year he he sucked everyone in. Um, essentially because he was scoring those big scores. As you said, he had that fifty five, fifty eight odd average in that first ten games. And that's when everyone jumped on him. Mm. It's like, oh, he's not going to play Origin, so therefore he'll have more responsibility when the other guys in Penrith go. Um, but then he just fell off a cliff. So it tells me that when the Origin period comes along, he'll get you your base stats of like your 200, 250 run meters, uh, you know, but he's not going to be setting up the tries because he's not going to be getting put into those positions by Cleary on the right yep. or anything like that. So considering that in that same price point, you've got uh, Reese Walsh, James Tedesco, and Tommy Trebojevich. Um, I do think it's a dud selection because those guys have been proven in the past where Dylan Edwards really hasn't been. Well, it's a good little segue, I guess, then, going from some guns to studs with a, a player who potentially could have been but now is a dud. <laughs> um, while we're on the dud train. No, 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 no. Uh, this player here, <laughs> again, uh, premiership winning hooker. 
<laughs> it's, it's, it's very hard. You can call a premiership winning hooker, I think, two times for a dud. But Mitch Kenny, 483K, a break even to 35, which is so low for a hooker in the premiership winning sides. But we'll probably majority play hooker minutes for Penrith, but not much upside is there. In, in the, He's not really a flashy. He just sort of gets maybe good delivery. Not much tackles, but um, is he one of your duds? Uh, he would be in my dud category. He's never, like, you know, everyone was on him last year. Uh, priced at four twenty six, I think he was off memory, um, and everyone was like, "Oh, starting hooker, he's you know he's going to make so much money." And mate, you could not be any further from the truth. He's priced now at four eighty, so why people are now thinking it's better to get him at fifty grand more um, is beyond me. He's also not just playing hooker, but sometimes he's going into that lock role as well. So there's even extra minutes there, and he's still not producing fantasy scores. So um, for me, I'd be going pay an extra 50k and get cheese or drop maybe an extra 30k to 80k depending on who gets picked at Parramatta for hooker. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you have okay even uh, even a, a Danny Levi potentially at the Raiders is, is probably better odds there with especially for how how cheap he is and Ricky's love for certain players who don't make sense but yeah, I feel like yeah. there's a, there's probably a well where Mitch Kenny gets he sucks a lot of people in. Maybe if he has a cracking first three games and then he gets another few people in, but then he'll just be lackluster for fantasy-wise. Lackluster fantasy-wise. Again, I've got no rings on my fingers. This man's got two already. I think two. It might have been, might have been three. I'm not too sure if he's, if he's three years ago. Uh, or it could have been happy. I, I think it was 18th man for – I could be wrong. I can't remember. Yeah. But either way, two more than me, <laughs> guaranteed. So <laughs> good on the man. So, yeah, unfortunately for, for fantasy, he's a bit of a dud. Um, well, we got it. There is one cashy that you're hot on. Moving on to the cashies. Um, Liam Henry, you were talking about. 320K, break him at 23. Tell us a bit more about Liam Henry. Yeah, so not, not as much heavy on him, um, just as an option, because as we've said before, Penrith have the next up man, man, next up mentality. Yep. However, those guys who are the next man up are already still pretty highly priced. So there's no real cashies that you can see coming in here, potentially, apart from Liam Henry or maybe whoever the backup hooker is, whether it be Sonny Luke or that, um, Luke Summerton, um, which, again, everyone got burnt by Sonny Luke, so there's no cashy there unless he gets the starting role. Um, but this Liam Henry, uh, mate, he's a points-per-minute weapon. He was over a, over one PPM, and he was only getting about 23 minutes for about a 26 average. So with Spencer Lino leaving, um, I do think there's a potential for him to go up to that 30, maybe 35, uh, depending on how they structure their bench. They might put Matt Eisenhuth on there for extra minutes because mm. he's a bit more seasoned. But um, but this Liam Henry, all his stats are from the from the middle, essentially just tackles and run meters, not not many tackle breaks, etc. So personally, I still think it's better if you spent up a tiny bit to get the likes of a Liam Knight or, again, depending on team lists, uh, Fletcher Baker or Spencer Linu. Um but it's hard for any cashies to make their way into this side. So it's an option there, 320-odd K. If you need to plug in a middle, um, you could also spend down and get Sam Hughes as well. Well, speaking of, you know, cashies trying hard to get into good sides, there's a good player who potentially left the dogs, um, Paul Alamotti. I know 407 doesn't really sound too cheap, but it's only 80, 87K more than Liam Henry. But uh, if, if he nabs a center spot, is he someone you're looking forward to to picking up in your centres? I know that 
you know, people are talking about even me. I'm potentially and yourself. I'm actually on the on the Will Pedersini train. You know, of a consistent forty-two base pro, basement um, scoring from Pedersini. You know, he's having his best sort of season last year. Could even could be like a fine wine and get better than that. But Paul Amadi, there's a lot of upside there if he goes to Panthers and starts, especially if he's on Luai's side, that left side where Congo actually scored his sort of best fantasy season. But Break even to 30 points. Are you, are you a little bit upset alimony has gone? And would you put him in your team if he actually cracked that starting side? I'd definitely have a look at him, mate. If if there's any outside back in Penrith who's well-priced, then you've got to have a look at him. Like, you have a think about it, all five across the board pretty much have an average of over 40. Maybe, maybe mm. not Taruva, but most, most of them do. So you've already got 10 points of value there. And the attacking stats will just come regardless of if he's on the left or the right. I think I think Tago was playing on the right um, at the end of last year. And he was so he's off Cleary's side, so therefore he's still scoring big, and that's why he went up to nearly 700K. So you'd be silly not to have a look at him. He's so talented. Um, I just think he's, you know, when he was at the Dogs, he's in a pretty crappy environment, changes of coaches and everything, and the weight of expectation of just coming in and just not, performing probably as good as he could have, different to New South Wales Cup. So I think Penrith's going to be the perfect opportunity for him to even just learn um, and yeah. potentially pick up a contract elsewhere if he needs to. Well, he definitely started well in uh, last year. Not the first game, 17, 46, 50, 29, 47. I mean, and that's no no tries, uh, but maybe you were, I think four try assists in those five games. So it's pretty... Pretty good stats for him, especially for, for the dogs. So, yeah, very much looking forward to him if he actually makes was, a starting um, spot. It was super um, funny on those uh, try assists. It was generally because he was too slow and he had to give it to Ado Car. <laughs> well, when you have Ado Car outside, you, yeah. you just got to pass but, it to him. Let, uh, let you, the boy it run. Like ce- it looked like he had cement in his shoes when he was running. <laughs> I feel like anyone terrible. would look like they've got cement in their shoes and look at running next to Ado Car, though. He True. just floats like a gazelle. Uh, well, that's our cashy sort of out of the way. Um, let's talk about a bounce back. So you had a bounce back there. Who was your bounce back for Panthers? Mate, got James Fisher-Harris as a potential bounce back. He um, had a very down year, um, averaging 42.5, playing 47 minutes. Um, mm. Again, not terrible. It's what he's priced at, obviously. But he is an elite prop in the game. In from a, Put fantasy aside, from a regular salary standpoint, he's one of the highest paid props outside of like your AFBs and your Payne Haas's. I think he's on like 800 grand a year as a, as a prop forward. Um, so if you have that role in the team, you would essentially expect a bit of a higher output. Um, his minutes have also gradually decreased over the last f- few seasons. Um, but I'll give you the numbers from 2019 and how much he's regressed a little bit. So 2019 averaged 53 in 76 minutes. 2020 was 49 and a half in 58 minutes. 2021 averaged 52.6 in 52.6 minutes. And 2022, 48 and 51. So big averages there. And that's why I think a lot of people jumped on him last year uh, for, again, Kiwi, so he's not going to play Origin, uh, Enforcer in a pack, thinking that he could... um, pull something off. I, I jumped on him and mate, I think the first week he scored me a 16 and I was dirty as hell. So I think the thing that we need to watch with James Fisher-Harris is that Spencer Linu factor, just like with mm. Liam Henry, um, to see if those minutes get a bit of uptick. If, if he gets to that 50 to 55 minute roll, um, then I think there could be some value. Um, again, I won't be jumping on him because he burned me last year. But <laughs> definitely one to have a look at. 
Potentially, I don't know if it's because Panthers are so good, but in his first three games last year, 34 tackles, 46 tackles, 57 tackles, and then that dramatically drops for the rest of the season. So whether it's just he got a lot of his points from from tackling or defending and then they just, because the Panthers are so good, it was just not yeah. defending that much maybe. I- I, I do think in the um, it, it's been discussed plenty of times that in that first five or six rounds, it's, it's players are getting a feel for the game again and match speed. So everything's played in the middle. So yep. that's where you're fi- going to find that value in your hookers as well is that there's going to be so many tackles getting made in the middle of the field and that is going to kind of set you off on like a false tangent on who's going to be a gun and who's not. So pr- that sounds like what that, that's what's happened to him last year. Um yeah, so it's a matter of an eye test then after that, I think. I like that a little bit. I like that little their three-game theory for the mids. That's not too bad. <laughs> Maybe I had to make a bit of money there. Um, I've got a little bounce back here. This was help from Shawnee as well. Uh, Liam Martin. So he's 590K, break-even of 43. Uh, but he was also heavily impacted by origin and injury last year. So unfortunate for him. But the positives for him are you've got uh, Zach Hoskins, who's – Definitely gone now. The team he's gone to Raiders now. Uh, he's fifty-two or fifty average when starting and playing over sixty minutes. So I, I don't know if he's going to start on the edge or it's going to be this another player, Scott Sorensen, who's going to start on the edge. But these trials definitely one to look out for because that's probably going to be a key point on to who potentially may be a, a quality player. Zero point four and zero point five try scoring average in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. So he's got a very high attacking output, but do you, I feel like his role maybe. Maybe coming from the bench from now on, maybe he's got that player. But again, he was a starting edge before Hoskins was there. Then Hoskins got in there with his young blood. We're missing a bit of that these days, aren't we? A bit of young blood. But <laughs> we did hear about your basketball antics about playing playing with the, 12, the 24 and 18-year-olds. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, do you yeah. think he, do you think a bit of the young blood sort of out of the team, he gets his spot back on that edge? I do. I think, I think him and Sorensen are the edges. Um, the only thing that worries me about it is if Panthers are going to be winning like we all expect them to, is Liam Martin going to get the, the minutes one week and then get the break the next week and then Sorensen, they, they chop and change and kind of load manage them a little bit. Um, so it worries me a little bit. Um, and he's got origin as well. So if, mm. if, if you're looking at players like that, and especially in the edge position, there's so much value that are cheaper than that. So you got like your Sean Lanes, Piakura, Sean Bloor, um, whoever gets the job at the Roosters, uh, Josh Schuster if he's away from KFC. You know, I <laughs> I think there's, there's there's a bit better value than Liam Martin, but there's no doubt that if he's if he's scoring tries, he's got a you know 55 to 60 average in him. I reckon. Yeah, I feel like he is probably one of the most strapped up players on in that team as well. I know he loves his uh, strapping tape, so uh, usually that means a fair few niggles. So yeah, maybe the injury injury fact and the fact that this other player we're about to talk about, Scott Sorensen, might actually pick him out to starting on that edge. Yeah, as I said, I think I think Sorensen starts on the left, and I think Liam Martin starts on the right since Hosking's gone. Yeah, um, I don't think Luke. I don't think Luke Garner's getting a, a run in there. Um, and who else? Maybe there's not really other any edges that they'd be running off the bench. I don't think would there. Oh, not that I can think of. They haven't really signed anyone else. They've got Brad Schneider, yeah. Riley Plyce. No. Maybe they turned Alan Lottie into an so. edge player. Um, yeah, but I we, think Luke Garner is that 15 to 20-minute player who can come in on the edge or fill in at centre if he needs to. And then maybe like a 
Tyron Peachy or something like that, maybe. Yeah, bench. true. Bit of cover just to give him a bit of a rest. Yeah. Well, speaking of Scotty Sorensen, what's he at? He's, so he is 683K, probably a bit too high to potentially put a um, – to put a must-have on in your team. But he did score pretty well towards the end last year. I know, I think I, I'm trying to think if I did pick him up or not. Um, but I, I think I, we talked about him going pretty well. He did have an, a high of 94 last year, but can play 80 minutes. And let's just go minutes over 70. 57-point average playing over 70 minutes. So if he actually nabs a starting role um, and plays 80 minutes on that edge, it's actually it could be a bit of value there. What's he fifty break even? So that's seven point value if he plays over and plays to his to his pedigree. Yeah, I, th- I think he's an interesting option, and that dual position tag really helps him as well. Yeah. Um, the the thing that puts me off again, how we discussed on, is he going to be the eighty minute edge, or are, mm. are they going to manage him throughout? Um, and that round six buy as well is a bit um, a bit interesting for me. Um, and the third factor again, you've got so many quality edges that are um, a bit cheaper who can potentially have the same output or maybe the tiniest bit less. Um, and even in the mids, like you've got, uh, you've got a Ruben Cotter or Tavita Totola who are all 100 to 200 grand cheaper. I just think you can spend your money a little bit better elsewhere. But if you're looking at needing to spare cash up and you need to like downgrade from a Payne Haas or a Cam Murray, I think Sorensen could be a good shout to get you that extra 100 to 200K. I, I think you're right though. I think it's... He's probably priced too high to get in for that value. Like when you've got your likes of Josh Curran, you're not basement price, but you're very cheap edges. Josh Curran, Angus Crichton, Sean Bloor. It's just all these players there are too high to have on your actual emergencies or your bench to, to not have in the team. So I think he just outprices him there, unfortunately. But uh, I still predict him to probably beat his break even at 50. It's just unfortunately too expensive for us. Yeah, not, not one for me, I, but I have considered him. Um, hmm. But yeah, every every aspect of me tells me probably stay clear and maybe watch because if if he's going to score you fifty five to fifty seven like uh, like what he was averaging when he had those those big minutes, um, he's not going to get away from you at the end of the day. So it it, it could be a player um, after the buys after all the buys at Origin period maybe up up then you know, potentially come injuries or he actually starts showing some form and I think like a like a potential Maddo. Um, uh, yeah. What's it last year, year before, where towards the end of the season, Matter just started going pretty well, so we picked him up. So, yeah, he'll be, be a really good option for draft, I think. Yeah, uh, I think you've a spot very on underrated there. option for draft, so you could probably get him um, a little bit later and have a quality player who's your dual position. Well, we've got a bit of time left, so we might actually quickly do a bit of a draft check. I know this is off the cuff a bit, but uh, quality draft players that you're looking for for maybe first four rounds. <laughs> Let's just say Cleary's off the <laughs> off the table. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I think first round is, is a lot of people are going to be going like a Payne Haas or something like that. Um, yep. Cam Murray potentially up high. Um, I'm going to really try and target Harry Grant. Yeah, um, I just hooker is is changed so much in the last five years where we we don't have the four hooker bench anymore because that's just not where the points are. And Harry Grant is just the clear cut above the rest, and every other hooker below him. Gets me, gives me a tiny bit of worry. So, so you're not I, picking I Mitch Kenny. That's, that's well, surprising. No, no. <laughs> I was going, I was going to until I listened to your rant, and then um, <laughs> I probably, probably shouldn't. Um, but apart from that, um, maybe like your wing fullbacks, like some of the guns there, hmm. um, or even high quality centers, um, uh, like like your Will Penasi's uh, Val Holmes, 
Uh, well, specifically for the specifically for the tight the Panthers team, I suppose. Look, you, you you'd be cheering if you got a, a Tungo or a a Yo oh, in yeah. the mids. Or, oh, yeah, or, I said, sorry, I said, nah, it's all right. Um, there's not many yeah, cheap. Right. There's not many sleepers for Panthers, are there? Because they're pretty well known, no. aren't they? No. Um, does Taylor May show up high, or does he show up at the very bottom of it because he had a zero average? Well, he's six hundred k, six hundred k break yeah. even to forty four. So I'm not too sure it, where. Does he... it do it from value or does it do it from average? Because I know that when we did the draft last year, no one picked up John Bateman because he was oh. zero average. So therefore, he was like ranked like three hundredth or two hundredth something. So you might be able to if you've got a a comp that's not aware of that, uh, then you might be able to get Tail and May a little bit further. But I don't know how it how it orders it. What's well, a good one to look out for? Let's look in your draft and maybe when you're doing your bit of form guide and just suss out all your players and suss out where Taylor May because that'd be a good little sleeper there. Might jot that one down as well. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you doing uh, it this year for the talking league one? Both, yeah. I'm, I mean, I've got my one that I've been running for ten years, and I'll be in this uh, this this one oh, as well. Nice. That's uh, exciting. Hopefully, we can get it uh, soon on on a day and uh, get that pot out to all the listeners. Yeah, I think it's going to be in a couple of weeks. And nice. We'll look out for that one, listeners. But um, thank you, B, for, for this Panthers uh, pre-season one. This might have been our first little potty together. Yeah, it was, mate. It was good fun. That, that flowed like a, like a, I've been known <laughs> you for years. That's fine. That's, that's what we want. All right, listeners, thank you very much for listening to the Panthers pre-season for 2024. Um, again, hopefully, you, if you are in draft, goes well. But hopefully, we can help you out with all these uh, insights we've been giving you because B is one of the smartest fans and former Mr. Eight, I believe. So, yeah. was yeah, that the number? Yeah. Yeah, finished eight. So, we'll um, see if we can go better this year. Well, we'll just add a couple of zeros to that. That was probably any closer tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks, B. And uh, we'll talk to you later, listeners.